Welcome to Crispy Coated Robot Listens to an in-depth exploration into music's pinnacle recordings of the past. For this episode, Jim and George will discuss the 1971 album Who's Next by the band The Who. Hey, it's Jim. And it's George of the Crispy Coated Robots. Welcome today. I'm so excited about what we're about to do, Jim, with this album. Yes, we're going mobile. We are going we are going behind blue eyes. We are going. We it's it's a bargain today. You're gonna to love this show uh, because we're we, talking. We're just gonna keep doing this. <laughs> no, we're talking. We're going. <laughs> we're talking about the who, who's next. Yeah, by the way, all the excitement that I had moments ago, you've just squashed and crushed. well, George. You know what? I won't get fooled again. All right. Well, I won't get fooled again. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm getting in tune. Leave me alone. Okay. How many more do we have? Just go ahead and get <laughs> my it out wife. Of your okay. Sorry. Get about it out that. of your system. Well, just realize that love ain't for the keeping. All right. <laughs> okay, that's the last one. I can't. That, are they, I, I can't do Baba O'Reilly because you can't work that into a sentence. But we can talk about Thankfully. Baba. We can talk about Baba O'Reilly because that is the that first song. That is the first song on their fifth studio album. Uh, so let's talk about the backstory that led to the creation of this album. Yeah, and before we get there, it came out August fourteenth, nineteen seventy one. Now you may, you may proceed. Okay. Well, thanks for that <laughs> fact. Uh, so. Uh, I'm totally messed up now. <laughs> no, you uh, said the backstory of the album. Pete, Pete Townsend. Yeah. Uh, he had a project that he was working on. Th- this album came after Tommy. Tommy the success of Tommy and, and uh, Quadrophenia and everything yeah, like that. Yeah. So it was actually supposed to be music for a film called Lifehouse. And he wanted to release this multimedia rock opera film because he had had so much success with Tommy about a futuristic world where people are enslaved but saved by a rock concert. Oh, wow. And uh, Townsend couldn't get enough support to finish the project. I wonder why. Uh, but okay, most of the songs yeah. that he wrote for that used on this album. Yeah. Uh, so it's considered to be uh, The Who's best album overall. Uh, so Yeah, it's, it's kind of cra- it's kind of crazy that it started in that way because uh, Tommy was a big hit, Quadrophenia was a big hit, and... Uh, and uh, what do you think was the pushback here? Was the story not strong enough for them to kind of move forward to get this well, done? Well, I've, I've watched some documentaries, and I think that he was really struggling at the time to communicate the vision of what – there was all the symbolism that he was going to have, and, and uh, he had a guru, and he was trying to incorporate these meta – Teachings uh, and stuff, yeah, yeah. All of this stuff. Yeah. And people just – they could tell that he was on to something, but they couldn't figure out really, he couldn't articulate it, kind of like how I'm struggling right now. <laughs> uh, he couldn't articulate the idea, uh, but we do see its DNA in traces in the songs that we're going to listen to. Yeah. So it it some of it does remain like the character of Sally and uh, Baba O'Reilly and stuff. That's straight from that. and. Um, a lot of different things, but, and, and we'll talk about it. Uh, but as a musical um, record recording, uh, it, it did raise the standards of hard rock in terms of dynamics because there's a lot of really bold, loud moments contrasted with very soft piano playing and down to acoustic guitars and those synthesizer arpeggios and, yeah. and things like that. So uh, it... While it might have failed as a, a movie, Lifehouse, we get this great album. I'm yeah. I'm really excited about this because this is such a good album 
and such a great Who album. And I'm even you're wearing your Who shirt. Wearing yeah. my Who shirt. And even to, to watch the making of this, which is quite, it's almost the same as as the Pink Floyd, the uh, Dark Side of the Moon. You see them using that uh, a Moog that the, the synthesizer. I can't say it. Using the the Moog, and basically what they're doing is programming three or four or five notes and turning it up, as you'll hear in Bob O'Reilly. That yeah. whole yeah, that that synth is uh, what uh, it's an ARP twenty five hundred. It's did you ever see the uh, Spielberg movie Close Encounters of the Third yeah, Kind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same synthesizer in that movie that they pretend to talk to the extraterrestrials that do, 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 they didn't really do. talk to the extraterrestrials. Sorry, Jim. Wow. No, they did. They did. I'm, I'm just joking. They, okay. Th- those okay. creatures were real. Good, yes. good, good, good. So, uh, so our first song is Baba O'Reilly, which starts with one of those so- sounds that we had never heard before. And it's like, where is this coming from outer space? You know, that whole beginning. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of people mistakenly refer to this as teenage wasteland, uh, but it's not. Uh, Jim, on our podcast, we we have a weekly podcast that we do. We did a song, uh, or rather, a podcast about best song bridges uh, and portrayals of the president on film. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we talked about this song and yeah. the uniqueness that the bridge occurs so early in the song. Um, the, and I'm talking about the part where Pete Townsend is going to sing, don't cry, don't raise your eye. It's yeah. only teenage wasteland. It just, it's only three lines, but it's so beautiful and, and sensitive and vulnerable in there. Um, uh, but it occurs right after the first verse, which is so uncommon for a bridge to do that. Uh, so yeah, let's get into it. And it's funny too, that the, the beginning sound of, of Baba O'Reilly it's funny. It was such an interesting sound. I, I know some news stations back in the day when I was a kid growing up, they used it as their kind of news intro. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, that because it sounds like something out of this world. You have you know? one of the greatest rock guitarists of all time start this album with a keyboard. Yeah. You got to love Amazing. it. Amazing. Let's do it. Baba O'Reilly, as we listen to Who's Next. The staff of Crispy Coated Robots and Circus Joe Productions deeply and sincerely regret that hosts Jim and George are too cheap and financially insolvent to fork over the necessary funds for the music licensing for this episode. Should you decide, as we have, that their lack of commitment to this cause has put a proverbial burr under your saddle, and you want to hear the tunes discussed, please visit the hyperlinks provided in the episode notes. We apologize for this neglect and wanton travesty of a presentation. But seriously, what did you expect? Now on with the show. There you go. The kind of a hoedown at the end there, George. Yeah, that's uh, Dave Arubis uh, playing the the violin there. Uh, but uh, originally that song was 30 minutes in length, but Jeez. they cut it down uh, and edited it to where it just includes the the, the high points there. Uh, so there's Bob O'Reilly, which a lot of people, like you said earlier, George, called Teenage yeah, Wasteland. Yeah, calls it that. It's been a staple of classic rock radio forever as we listen to the Who, Who's Next, probably their best album. And it goes into another song that everybody's kind of familiar with, too, uh, for the for the second track. Yeah, Bargain. Yeah. Uh, Townsend said this is his favorite song on the album. Oh, wow. And yeah. it's funny, too. This gets, this gets kind of... Uh, I didn't know the song was called Bargain. I thought it was Best I Ever Had or whatever. The you know. Best I Ever Yeah, because that I was... The, see that. They yeah. use this for like a car commercial. Oh, uh, yeah. Best yeah. I Ever Had. That's all they play, that part here. But uh, where did Bargain kind of sprout from? Well, the bargain is I'll, I'll trade all this bad stuff for the good stuff I, I get through. It's actually a very spiritual song uh, where he is talking about 
you know, I'll, I'll gladly trade this for the peace that I would, I would get from you. You know, the, the line, what is it? I sit looking around in the mirror, my face in the mirror. I know that I'm worth nothing without you. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's, again, Townsend takes that. He gives Daltrey all these singing bits, but then what the song is really about, Townsend will sing. Yeah. And, powerful stuff. And both of these songs too, and, and this is a testament to the original who, if you watch the movie, uh, The Kids Are All Right, which is kind of a semi-documentary about the who. It's more lower clips and more showing them really enjoying each other's company, which you want to think when you think about the who, that these four guys came together to make something extraordinary. It's a testament to uh, Keith Moon because we know they tried to recapture that magic uh, after he had passed and it wasn't there. But th- all through this album, he just completely shines uh you know one of the best uh, rock drummers i think in history and a lot of people said well he wasn't technically you know great whatever but you hear what he adds to the song it's just something these songs wouldn't be the same yeah with yeah. without because it's not just a beat that he's playing it's a feeling he, yeah he's interpreting what's happening again by one of the greatest rock guitarists and uh bass players of all time yeah so let's so. get into bargain as the crispy cutter robots listen to the who Who's next? Please pause the device player now to review the audio file link in the show notes, if you're into that kind of thing. We now return to Jim and George. Best I ever had. Don't you wish you could sing like Roger Daltrey? I mean... I do. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, actually, yes. We are listening to the Who, Who's Next. I wish you could sing more like him. I wish I could sing more like him. Crispy Coated Robots, uh, we're listening to the Who, like I said, Who's Next. And this is a great album. And and, and like, you know, we did give a big tribute to Keith Moon, but, you know, that voice on these songs. As we go deeper into the album too, especially the ending, the voice just kind of... I saw these guys live uh, a couple of years ago, and they had a full orchestra. They did a lot of the Tommy stuff. Uh And uh, yeah, you know, they're getting up in age, but man, it still is very powerful stuff. And I like the fact, too, that when it wasn't uh, of par when you you saw them, uh, too, uh, when they came to Houston – uh, and it wasn't par. They stopped the show. They didn't just mu- yeah. Daltrey. It wasn't actually, a money grab. It was they, like hey, they did about eight songs, and his voice, uh, unfortunately, just wasn't up to what he felt he needed to be able to sing these songs. So they stopped the show. And I agree, it it was disappointing, but shows integrity for the it, band. It, they they could have. Yeah. They could have struggled from it, or he could have just been done like every other singer and point the microphone and have the crowd sing it like, you know. Oh, is that why they're doing that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the high part, you know, hey, you got it. You know, I can't get it anymore, so you guys got it, you know. My uh, whole life, it's a lie. They've been lying to me. Well, no, some try to get the crowd involved. No, but it, it was still great to see that energy. I wanted to mention the guitar on that song, though. Uh, Townsend got that from Joe Walsh. Uh, oh, really? gave it to him as a gift. It's a... Uh, Gretsch, uh, Chet Atkins guitar. Okay. So, so uh, we are up to, cut. I don't know why I know that, but I know dumb things. Like that's that, why, that's so. why they listen to the show. Like facto- oh, factoids well, like I, that. I, then I know great factoids like that. We're on to love ain't for the keeping. This is the shortest song on the, the album. It's, it's just barely over two minutes. So just, uh, and you know, there, there's not any synthesizer on this, yeah. like what we've been hearing. Uh, so, uh, kind of a master class in self-restraint. So. Yeah, so enjoy. Please pause the device player now to review the audio file link in the show notes. Welcome back. Here's Jim and George once again. 
We're listening to The Who, Who's Next, That Was Love Ain't For yep, The Keeping. Short and sweet. Crispy Coated Robots, on to now Borat's favorite song, My Wife. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, this is a John Entwistle song. The bass player yeah. uh, wrote this. Uh, you know, time for some comic relief, I guess, right? Yeah, he was so. kind of always that, too, if you look at back to Boris the Spider. Boris the Spider. And I saw Entwistle perform in a uh, kind of a group that was called A Trip to Abbey Road. And it had Entwistle, it had uh, David Pack from Ambrosia, had Todd Rundgren in there. And, you know, he, he just seemed like he loved to play. Yeah, and he was very skilled at it too. I mean, just all over. Oh yeah, the, the on this track alone, he's going to do the lead vocals, bass, of course, piano, and the horns. The horns are him. So it's all Ent Whistle with my wife as the crispy coated robots listen to who's next. It's time once again to pause in order to check out the music. Here's Jim and George once again. Well, she's so- coming, Jim. She's coming. She's coming. Yeah. She's coming. And that song is over, which leads us to the next track. The song uh, is over. Nice, nicely done. <laughs> Uh, so Jim, I, w- I want you to check out the piano that we're about to hear. This is Nicky Hopkins. Um, do you, you know him from Quicksilver Messenger Service? I know of the Quicksilver Messenger Service, but I don't know all the band members. Okay, so this guy, he, he, not only did he play with them, he was a full member of that group, but he recorded with the Stones, the Kinks, uh, Steve Miller, uh, Jefferson Airplane. Wow. Uh, even performed at Woodstock. Jeez. Uh, so this song... In the Lifehouse version, the movie uh, that they were trying to get made, uh, it was supposed to be the finale. It was going to be the end song. Bobby, the the character Bobby, uh, was going to be singing. The song is over, and it would continue. The crowd would vanish, and it would continue going through the end credits. So wow, that, that was the plan. So I'm trying to figure out when towns and places the. Uh, space vampires in there, and when does the naked girl come out and kind of attack everybody? That's what everybody wants to know. I think so too, because uh, they made it into a movie called The uh, Life Force in 1986 with Toby Hooper, uh, Toby Hooper. So I don't know what happened in the translation of that between the. Uh, I'm, just gonna, I'm just going to let you and, go. And the American I'm let you go. <laughs> Patrick Stewart's in that movie. He is in that movie. Yes, that, that was the first time I saw Patrick. We are so far off. <laughs> We are so getting fired. Okay, this is my, the song is over from the Who and Who's yeah, Next. You better hurry. Please press pause now. Welcome back. Here's more from Jim and George. And we are back. It is Crispy Coded Robots. Yep, listening that's to, the end of side one. That's the end of side one. Wow. We're listening to Who, the Who. Sorry, not Who, not the Guess Who, the Who, Who's Next. And up, up to another one of my favorites here, Getting in Tune, you know, which I wouldn't have thought that from your playing. <laughs> I would have thought you would favor a, a song about tuning. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. It it has a nice little uh, little bounce to it. I, I I do enjoy it. I do want to talk about this because I've always interpreted the placement of this song on the second side. Yeah, as a deliberate act from from Townsend. Like we're tuning up for the next si- side. Well, it, the whole thing is changing because he, he the line is I'm getting in tune to the straight and narrow again, keeping with with that theme. The last song on side A, the song is over. If it wasn't Pete Townsend, I, I would say, ah, oh, it's just the order of it. But I think it's consciously beginning something new and like turning over a new leaf, like metaphorically speaking, you know, the the back in the day the listener had to turn the record over. Uh and so I I, I wonder. Again, normally I wouldn't say that it was a 
anything to it, but this is the guy that created Tommy and Quadrophenia and is a master at linking all these songs and concepts in a specific order to, to relay a story. I mean, what do you think about that? Um, I just like the song. Okay, well, let's listen. <laughs> Getting in tune as we listen to Who's Next. You know the drill by now. Pause here. Listen to the track and come back. Welcome back. Here's Jim and George once again. All right. Who's next? Uh, that's the album the Crispy Cutter Robots yep. are listening to today. That's Nicky Hopkins again on the piano. Yes. And we're up to Going Mobile. This is one of my favorite Keith Moon kind of really kind of has a nice feel to it because you feel like you're going mobile. You're going somewhere. You're moving along. It's got, it kind of took the lyrics and matched up with, with the music. This is interesting because Roger Daltrey is not in this song. This really? Is, this is just the power trio of uh of the other bandmates no roger daltrey i don't know why uh but uh you know maybe he was going mobile maybe maybe yeah he's gone yeah. uh but uh townsend around this time he had acquired a, a a mobile home about a year before it was recorded so that's probably where we get the line that we're going to hear i'm an air-conditioned gypsy so he's <laughs> Yeah. I'm going mobile. Going mobile. So uh, here it is. Going mobile as the crispy good robots listen to who's next. Please pause the device player now to review the audio file link in the show notes if you're into that kind of thing. We now return to Jim and George. Ah, such a good feel to that song. Yeah, nice little. It feels like we're driving. Tempo foot tapper. It feels like we're driving here in the studio. Though. You know the they never performed it live though. Really? Uh, maybe because. Daltrey's on stage. Well, yeah, what would he do for three and a half minutes? Yeah. You know, so. maybe, well, he could, he could have took a break. I guess. I don't know. But I guess, you know, he, maybe he was mad because he wasn't on it. Yeah. Well, why would you not have him on that? Even just to go, yeah, I'm going No, yeah, I don't know. To give, give a Daltrey scream on that I have no thing. idea. All right. But Dal- Daltrey is on the next one, though. Oh, right? this is a great Daltrey. Yeah. Behind yeah. Blue Eyes. Behind Blue Eyes. It yeah. is a classic rock staple. Uh, like, like three, uh, what, what, one, two, three, there's like five songs on this album that are classic rock staples. Oh yeah, definitely. The, this song, uh, the who biographer, uh, Dave Marsh kind of said about this, this is the longest time Keith Moon was still in his entire oh. life. <laughs> uh, because yeah, it, it has a long before it really kicks in, but when it does, uh, Moon is all over it. The original, uh, man behind Blue Eyes was a bouncer that they met while they were on tour in England. And supposedly he had this, they talked to him, he had this dark military history, but his eyes, his blue eyes of of deep loss and pain was uh, what inspired Townsend to to write this. So, Yeah, and so do you know how long, because I know it's acoustic at the beginning, how long do they go without drums? It's probably, what, good two, three minutes, two minutes? I don't know. We need to time it. I don't know. Time it right now. As you listen to Go. Behind Blue Eyes, as Who's Next rolls here with the Crispy Coda Robots. Please pause the device player now to review the audio file link in the show notes. Welcome back. Here's Jim and George once again. And we are back from oh, yeah. Behind Blue Eyes. Yeah, the way that moves in and out of those two musical themes, no doubt that that's the same composers as Tommy. Uh, Daltrey's dog got ran over the day he recorded his vocals, so... I think that lends something to the, the emotion. emotion in yeah, it. yeah, it was yeah. the first dog he ever had, and he said that he was just desperately trying to hold it together. Wow, yeah, it does that. I did not know that. You're not making that up, are you? No, <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I, uh, I don't. I'm trying to think of a way I can confirm that, but yeah, uh, yeah. Other than the interview, I mean, maybe he was lying. I don't uh, know. But anyway, it's a great story. 
behind, if it's true or not. Behind dog eyes. Behind dog eyes. Uh, next up to the the final song of the album, which has one of the greatest screams in rock history, if not the greatest. It scream. is the quintessential Who song for me. If there only one song from this album to encapsulate the essence of who they were, it would be this one for me. And it's not a short song either. And it's no, played eight minutes. Eight it's played a, a lot on classic radio uh, hits and classic rock. It's just, it's something that, uh, you know, it was kind of an anti-authority song, you know, with the lion meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Ah! You know, I don't know if he's screaming because he's so frustrated, but we won't get fooled again. And this is funny. This is, this is, I think, uh, when uh, President George W. Bush was having one of his many blunders, I think it was like he was trying to do, he said, fool me once, uh, fool me once, uh, you won't get fooled, fooled. We won't get fooled again. (laughs) So he just went straight to the who line (laughs) because that's what he knew. He was trying to do that. I forgot what the whole saying was, the fool me once. You fool me once, Yeah. shame on you. Yeah. Fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah. Won't get fooled again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but he he didn't get it out. He he just went straight to the, won't get fooled again, you know, so. Well, anyway. Kind of give him a little credit for that, you know. Yeah, that was kind of (laughs) cool. So this was recorded at Mick Jagger's... uh, Country Manor. Really? Yeah, this, this song. And sadly, uh, this is the last song that drummer Keith Moon played live with the band back in 76. Oh, really? Because wow. they, they usually ended their shows uh, with with this song uh, and still still do. Uh, but uh, when You Keith, mean played in front of a live audience? Because I know that he played. Played, in, he played, played on, live. He played on Who Are You album, which with, with, was with the band. Right. This is the last song. That he played, played live. live. Okay. Uh, October 21st. Hey, man. I, I had to check it because I won't get fooled again. Uh, okay. <laughs> this should be the last time that you have to pause this. I promise. And now, here are some final thoughts from Jim and George regarding this episode's selection. And, sorry about that, we are back with the Crispy Cutter Robots for Who's Next, uh, the great album. That's the way to end an album, man. Yeah, right there. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> Very satisfying, even after all these years of listening to it. And that's one of the best, I think, rock endings, too, for a song. Uh, what's all going on there? You have the keyboard part, which is, you know, I've seen key, I've seen Pete Townsend do it, almost like same thing as David Gilmore doing the Pink Floyd stuff, putting the little th- notes in and, and turning up. Doo, doo, yeah. doo, 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 doo. So you have that going on. You have the guitars going on, which I don't know if they're over double tracked or whatever. They're just so strong. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, then the bass, and of course Keith Moon going crazy. So just the essence and, and of the. Then you have a singer. I think you like and, that. Yeah, and I think you have that that scream too. <laughs> is and that great line too. Meet meet the new boss, same as the old boss. You yep. Know? So, so that album appeared uh, number fifteen on Pitchfork's uh, hundred best albums of the seventies. So fifteen of all uh, of a hundred albums. And yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, it's, it really is a good one and uh, good choice. I'll give you credit on that one. You picked that one. Oh, that's a great album. Thank you for doing it. Yeah, no, no problem. I'm glad to be here for you and your better love, than what you wanted. To love do. of the Who. Well, you know, I mean, uh, you know, Curly Shuffle will get its day. I think we'll <laughs> play that some sometime. Yeah. Okay. Or you know. My list is not as good as your list, all right? Do you want me to say it right now? 
Yeah, say it again. Clearer, slower. All right, we'll move on. With feeling. Thanks okay. for listening. We, of course, if you want to find out more about the crispy coated robots, go to crispycoatedrobots.com. And also, we review albums uh, every Sunday. So this isn't the only show we do, and we don't return. We're we're here every single Sunday at noon Central Time. Right. Working yeah. off a parking ticket until we get that done. We'll be here. <laughs> or until we run out of albums that we like. Which uh, probably getting close. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. There's a lot of great stuff out there that we want to talk about with you. Yeah. So thanks for listening. Uh, as always, check us out at crispycoatedrobots.com. That's where you can listen to reviews of other albums and our weekly podcast. Yes. Every Tuesday we release new episodes every single Tuesday. Top five lists to save the future from the nuclear Holocaust. That is to come. That's true. And wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple podcast, Amazon, we are there for you. Just for you. Yeah. And in the meantime, take some time to invest in others. Okay. That's what you usually say, right? Well, yeah, (laughs) that'll work. Is that good? Is that like Daltrey? This program has been a meaningless amalgamation of crispy coated robots under the direction of Circus Joe Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Copies of this broadcast transcript are not available because you should have been paying more attention to the show while it was playing. You only have yourself to blame for that. Email Jim and George at crispycoatedrobots at gmail.com to inform them of what they got wrong and all the parts that you liked in the event that such a thing like that occurred. And finally, be sure to check out Crispy Coated Robots on their free weekly podcast available every Tuesday at crispycoatedrobots.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. The future is counting on it.